It's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Huh. When you're sick, and you have got something inside you that doesn't belong there, you can feel it. And after the crash, I couldn't feel it anymore. At first, I thought it was just shock. But it wasn't. It's this place. Wait, but you said Isaac fixed you. I told you that so that you wouldn't spend what time we had left trying to do something. Uh, Rose, you could just be in remission. How do you know it wasn't Isaac who healed you? How do you know that he didn't heal you? I know. You don't want to be rescued, do you? You think if you leave, it'll come back. And if you can't leave, neither can I. We won't ever leave us. Welcome, everyone, into another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, as we head back to the island once more. I am your host, Ben Beck. And I am also your host, Kristen Howe. Uh, so this episode, we continue on approaching the end of season two. This time, we're covering episode 19, S.O.S. I can't get that out of my head now that I, you've done it. I. <laughs> it's going to be stuck in, in my, my head, head until we're done. Yeah, it's been in my head all morning. It's Yeah, it's going to be stuck in my head now until we're actually done recording this episode and we move on to the next one. Yeah. So a uh, couple quick notes, obviously, before we head further on. Uh, our podcasts are recorded or released every Friday. We apologize. Last week, we did have some technical issues. This is actually our second time recording this episode. But you know, for you guys, it's going to be the first time. We're going to act like it's the first time as well. This is a spoiler full podcast. So talking about things of the past, things of the future that happened in the series. If you're watching the series for the first time, we apologize ahead of time for any of those spoilers. But sometimes we just can't avoid them. Yeah. <laughs> you took a breath like you were ready to say something. So I stopped. I was, but then you sound like you were going to say something. So then I didn't say something. So... <laughs> That's all right. It works. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so episode 19 SOS, we have uh, a Rose and Bernard backstory this time. And it's, you know, one of the first times that we're getting backstory of a side of side characters, because Rose and Bernard aren't exactly the, the biggest characters in the series. I, I think they're they're secondary characters. So but this is one of the first times that we're getting a backstory of secondary characters. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're secondary characters just because they're not around all the time. But I would consider Rose and Bernard to be main characters just because they're they have a journey, they have a beginning, and they have a definite end to their story. So, 
you know, we don't get that a lot for just, we don't get that for every single character. So I would, I wouldn't call them secondary characters unless we also want to call, you know, Charlie and Jin and Son and Claire secondary characters because they're not in every single episode, but they have major character arcs. Well, I mean, that's true. And when I say secondary characters, I don't mean I don't want that to be disparaging to the characters of Rose and Bernard, because I know I do. And I'm, I'm, I'm I know I can speak for you, too. We love Rose and Bernard I as characters. Them. And this episode even more solidifies that. But I mean, when mm-hmm. I say secondary characters, I mean, when it comes to the effect or the the outcome of the overall story, Rose and Bernard really don't play that much of a part. No, um, yeah, I would agree you know, with that. The story would progress the same way whether or not they were part of this story. But they're a nice addition. They're a great addition to yeah, everything Yeah, I that do happens. like them. I think Rose is a really good um, evener of of a lot of characters. You know, we've already seen a few times that a few characters have kind of sought out Rose for some guidance or wisdom, like Hurley, Jack, I think even Locke. Yep. Even Locke. She, well, she's she's the mother of the of the island in 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 some regards. Or not the mother of the island, but mother of the survivors. Yeah, you definitely get that feeling in the beginning too, as she's arranging the pantry. <laughs> yes. Because that's something that I do at home. I'll just sit there and I'll just talk to myself and I'm just like, oh, where are we gonna put this? And da da da. You know, it's like she went back from the grocery store, like like Bernard said, he goes, You're acting like you just got back from the grocery store. Yes. And she's like, Well, I guess I kind of did. <laughs> we just got back from the grocery store and now mom has to put the groceries away. That's kind of right. what it is. Bernard's like, why isn't anybody asking questions about why the food is falling from the sky? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's it's so interesting. It's such an interesting dynamic between these two characters when it comes to that, because, you know, in some regards, they're both right. Like Rose is just kind of going through the motions and she's kind of gotten adjusted to being there. And Bernard's kind of the voice of reason. Like, has nobody questioned this at all? Like we've gotten too used to this situation and that's kind of what it's become. It's kind of like the married version of Jack and Locke. If Jack and Locke actually liked each other, <laughs> like one is faith and one is proof. And, you know, Rose and Bernard have enough respect and love for each other that they talk to each other like they're human beings. And then you see like the exact opposite of that with Jack and Locke. Yeah, I guess to a degree that kind of it's, it's weird to think of that because now I'm thinking of who wears the veil um, in that. No, I mean, Locke is Locke is very Rose, right? Very faith based. And, you know, the island has healed both of them. We've talked about we'll, we'll talk about this later. But and then you have, um, you know, Bernard and Jack, who are both doctors, right? They're both very evidence based. You're a and- dentist. Well, they're doctors. <laughs> and they are doctors. <laughs> they went to med school. Um so it's just it's just interesting to me how you can see the same fundamental principles in two different characters and the way that they play out in two different dynamics. Yeah. Oh yeah, for absolutely certain. Uh so let's dive a little bit deeper into the episode as well. Um one of the new things I want to do if we can uh whenever no. it's available. All right, fine. We won't drop it. Let's move uh, on. 
<laughs> well, no, I, uh, one of the things I wanted to I wanted to point out is this is episode nineteen, but on the island it is day sixty three. So if that information is available, I, I think that would be something interesting to to bring up every episode of the podcast as well as how far along we are into this story. Okay, so I like it's going it. to get it's going to get a little confusing later because there's elements of time travel. <laughs> come into it it's like okay I for these time people, travel for these people it's day 65 but for these other ones it's day negative 337 like it's I gonna get it. it's gonna get confusing but we'll figure it out we'll when we it. can do it we do it uh yeah. but diving deeper into the episode with some of the points that we want to bring up what's one of the first things that you wanted to bring up to talk about that was actually it was the dynamic between you know rose and bernard and jack and Locke. Okay. And just how those two relationships are basically it's the same people, but it's different different relationships. And I think that respect has a lot to do with it. Um and I love seeing Rose and Bernard. I love seeing the respect and love that these two characters have for each other. I just think that we don't get a lot of that in this show. I think that there's a lot of different personalities and um and conflict that arises as a result. You know, you look at chair, uh, chair, <laughs> there you go. Charlie and Claire, <laughs> you look at those. Oh, two it's their ship see- name. Yeah. Shut up, man. I hate <laughs> ship names, <laughs> but you look at them and, and you see that they're, you know, two very different characters and, um, you know, they, the way that they ebb and flow out of each other, but you know, Jack and Locke. Jock. Jock. <laughs> What's Rose and Bernard then? Ronard? Ron- <laughs> there Burrows. you go, right? Yeah, Burrows. Burrows. Oh, Burrows. <laughs> Bros. There you go. Bros. There you go. Bros and Jock. <laughs> They're all terrible. And Cher. I hate anyway, everybody right now. <laughs> what's Libby and Hurley? Hibby. Hibby. <laughs> A hippie, a hippie, a hippie, hip, 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 hip hop. You don't stop for rocket to the bank, bank. <laughs> we are so off the rails already. Well, that was just, I mean, I've already talked about it, so we can just move on to your point because now I'm just rapping. <laughs> now you, Sugar Hill, Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight is entering into the, uh, into the equation. Hippie, hip, hip, hip hop. You don't stop rocket to the bank, bank. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I want to say, you know, at, as a quick note, um, we've heard it twice in this episode, but can I just say how wonderful of a song and how beautiful it fit um, Otis Redding's These Arms of Mine is? Mm-hmm. It is such a beautiful song, and it we do, we do. We hear it twice. We hear it at the end of the episode, and we actually hear it in it's the song playing on the radio when Rose is stuck in the snow. So when they first meet, when Rose and Bernard first meet, it's playing. And then at the end uh, of the episode, when we're kind of getting that whole montage is playing again. And it is such a beautiful song. And this series, it's something that, that viewers should pick up on already at this point. I know you and I are kind of already into it. and But anytime that we get an episode where there's kind of like this montage of happy moments and you know it's always a calm before the storm anytime there's a there's a series 
and I think it happens throughout the run of the series. Anytime an episode ends with like those montages of happy moments and things are great, you know that in the next episode or two, shit is about to hit the fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this, this episode, because next week, the episode that we're going to talk about, there's the shit really hits the fan because we lose well, characters I mean- next week. Yeah, I mean, you see Michael emerge from the jungle, and anybody that's seen this series goes, well, there there it goes. Yep. There it goes. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye, season two, which I love so much. <laughs> Bye-bye, good vibes. Michael's <laughs> Michael's back. <laughs> so it's just because Fuck. of Michael? Yeah, and... And we see Vincent reappear. So you're like, like seeing Vincent reappear and hanging out with Sawyer. Sawyer, right? Yeah. Yes. We should have known. We should have known that that was foreshadowing to Michael just popping out of the jungle. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, next week, two for the road uh, does have a double meaning. And we'll get into that when we start talking about that next week. So, but yeah, it's going to be shit is about to happen next week. And this is and I think it's till the end of the season, too. Like this is Michael. This is yeah. This is we have four episodes left of season four or season four, season two after this episode. So these next three, these next four weeks talking about this show are going to be fun. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just I I before anything else, I wanted to bring that up because I love Otis Redding and that song just fits so beautifully into. Uh, into this episode and I love gosh I love I love Rose and Bernard so much um it was so great to see their backstory and or their origin story although I I I forgot that they met so late in life because in season one Rose says he followed me through a snowstorm you know and she's telling stories about you know her and Bernard and for some reason, I just pictured it in my head that they like met on a college campus. Well, we were, and so yeah, we're meeting two characters. Well, we're not meeting two characters, but we're getting a backstory in two characters that seem, in such a short period of time, have had a lifetime together. Mm-hmm. And it, it's such that's such a strong message because it means that these are two people that were kind of destined to be together. To, to have that yeah. dynamic of having such a, a, a what feels like a lifetime together in such a short period of time, that speaks volumes about their connection. Well, especially when we learn that Bernard was a bachelor for as long as he was. And, you know, he never I don't think he ever planned to settle down the way that he just was knocked right off of his feet when he fell in love with Rose and he didn't care how long he had with her. That was who he wanted to spend his life with. That's who he wanted to give his heart to. And, and like you said, I think, I think that's right. You know, that really speaks volumes to them being kind of destined for each other, but also just to the level of which we, the, the, the human capacity to love really is when you find the right person, when you find like that little match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, again, it's it's such a strong and deep connection that I think it's one of the reasons why so many people, you know, ourselves included, love Rose and Bernard is because I think, uh, you know, some people, I, I think we see a connection in these two people that people that, you know, uh, people kind of long for. Um, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm kind of going into like a hopeless romantic conversation here, but you know, you've been lucky enough to find your husband and, and start a family. I, I've haven't been so lucky in that, but I think it's one of those things that we look at them and we kind of see, you know, this is something we all kind of strive for. And sometimes it's a little, you know, it's, it's storybook. Uh, but these are two characters that have found it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it's so sweet. It, it's really sweet. And the lengths that they'll go to make each other happy, I think is also um, just really sweet and very, very lovely, you know, with Rose telling Isaac, please don't tell Bernard that you couldn't heal me. I, you know, she wants him to just relax. She wants him to enjoy their, their time together. Um, you know, and Bernard going literally to the ends of the yeah. earth and spend, spending thousands of dollars uh, to find somebody to try and, and heal her. So, you know, it's just, it, it's what love will really do for us as, as a people, you know, yeah, the links that we're willing to go. And you're right. You know, the whole ends of the earth thing, that was actually something I had written down in my notes. So I'm glad that you that you oh, cool. used that that particular phrase because <clears throat> you're right. You know, he went literally across the other side of the globe to try and find mm-hmm. a way to try and find a way to heal Rose. So the you're right. The lengths that they go not only to help but also protect each other. He took her to Australia to this faith healer uh, because he was grasping at straws. He literally figured a way. He thought he found a way to heal her. So he was doing this for her benefit, to protect her, to sit, to help her. And then on the other hand, when it doesn't work, you're right. As you mentioned about Rose being the person telling Isaac, don't tell him I'm going to tell him it, it worked, which is a saving grace for now. It helps him. It helps them to live their lives together. But let's just say they never ended up on the island. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the obviously the properties of the island and what it means for Rose and Bernard. But, you know, let's just say they never made it to the island and she has a couple months left to live. It makes those couple months easier because it kind of removes that from Bernard's head. He, you know, but in the end, when it time finally does come for Rose, it I think it would become more of a heartbreak for Bernard, you know, because he was under a false pretense that she was gonna she was gonna survive. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, at least with that, he can look back on the last days knowing that they were truly happy and they did whatever she wanted to do. You yeah. know. I don't know. I mean, thankfully, you never really have to worry about yeah. that. And, you know, so so that's that's OK. But. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, because we we know that okay. there are we've we've already known it from Locke that there are healing properties of this island. You know, this is a man in a wheelchair who is now able to walk uh, and that interesting conversation between Rose and Locke on the beach is, you know, because up until this episode, we had no idea that Rose was even sick because on the island now, she's not. Like, there's nothing wrong with her on this island. So now, and it's it was such an interesting moment the first time we're watching through this series that, you know, 
Locke is, is up. He's he's using the crutches to walk around. He's sitting down on the beach. Rose tells him, like, you're in my spot. And those little moments that we get, it doesn't matter usually who it's with. It's it's usually Rose and somebody when they're just sitting next to each other on the beach having a conversation. Those conversations have always been great. And there's always some kind of mm-hmm. meaning to them. Uh, I don't think any conversation that we've had with Rose and somebody on the beach has been for naught. I think everything has been important, whether it was Rose and Jack or now Rose and Locke, because as we figure out in this episode, Rose knows already, not just with herself, but that this island is helping other people because she's one of the few people that knew that Locke was in a wheelchair. So it's an interesting dynamic to know that she knows that, but hasn't told anybody that. Well, I mean, she saw him in a wheelchair and then she saw him running around the jungle. I mean, I don't know that I would be able to quite verbalize that. But also, roses of the personality, I think of, well, it's not my business. Yeah, that's true. You know, everybody, everybody's got to be doing something and that's what he's doing, you know. And then she starts to feel better and she starts to know, you know, that she's found maybe her place, like Isaac said, right? Isaac said, you know, there's a, there's a few places on this earth that have, you know, different types of energy, excuse me, that have different types of energy and that, that, that place in Australia was not her place. Right. And I mean, he knew it immediately to to the point that he said, I want to give you your money back. Right. And so we think he's maybe a quack or maybe he, um, Maybe he felt bad or something like that. I mean, I mean, who knows why why he said what he said until we see that the island is that place. And I think that that's when he said, you know, this just isn't your place. There is a place for you. And then all of that starts to click into gear for the audience member, right? Locke can walk. Rose feels better. Um, you know, and then you can even probably go a little deeper there and you can see how uh, the island is healing all sorts of ailments. I mean, you look at Jin and Son's marriage, that marriage has been healed. Uh, you look at Jack and Jack's journey is a journey of healing into some sort of, you know, human being that he wasn't before he got on that plane. Uh, you look at Sawyer. Sawyer turned into turned into a human being himself. Um, so I, I'm sure that you could kind of go down the line and you can see that the island provides healing powers for all of these people that need it in the places that they need it. It's not just physical. Well, uh, the, you know, uh, you bring up that list of all the different people that have kind of been healed by the island. And I, I want to throw another one out there to see what your thought is, uh, because it's one I didn't really think about. But Libby... Because we know that Libby was in the mental hospital that Hurley was in, and she doesn't exactly look very sane in that moment. Mm-hmm. But now she is on this island, and she's perfectly normal. And like helping would, others. And helping others. So it, like, it's, it's something that's never explored in the episode, because unfortunately, we come to the end of Libby's story next week. Mm-hmm. But and, and there's never any continuation of her story past next week. So it's something that kind of goes a little left unanswered and unsettled. But there's potential there, too, that the island also helped Libby 
it to heal in a way. Yeah, you know, I mean, the island, I'll bet that, you know, the island tried to help Boone and Shannon and it wasn't going to work. That wasn't their place. And so the island was finished with them. And I would go so far to say the same thing about Charlie. You know, Charlie, Charlie just had too deep of an addiction, I think. And once he was able to get over it, the island was still done with him. I think that it was just too great of a risk, perhaps, to keep him on the island, which is a bummer. Um, and and that that's something we could talk about when when that time comes. But, you know, the the whole concept of the island having these physical healing elements that took away Rose's cancer, that helped uh, Locke to walk again and heal his leg a little faster. Um, I just like to think about the fact that it's also helping other people in different ways where they are um, for lack of a better word, the sickest in their life, uh, with Jin and Son's marriage being a big, a big example of that. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, you know, when you mentioned Jin and Son as well, uh, there's also that the whole thing that it helped the island. It's because of the island that Jin is able to procreate. You know, and yeah. that's but it's you know, also the reason. Else. It's also the reason why Sun needs to leave the island, which we'll find out about later as well. But Claire, who was pregnant before she got on the island, was able to give birth on the island um, and keep the baby and, you know, heal that part of herself that allowed her to be a mother. I mean, there, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of examples you could probably turn um, and and talk about with any character on the the benefits of being on that island. You know, a lot of people like to think of the the negative elements of being stranded on a desert island with no hope for, you know, rescue or anything like that. But in a way, it was a plane full of people that really needed to go there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, and I love the idea that this is that there's more of a deeper meaning of healing when it comes to this island other than just the physical as you brought up, you know. Yeah, I mean, we've talked characters. a lot about mental health and how, you know, this show really brings to light some some issues of mental health that at the time weren't being talked about. I mean, they're talked about at length now to to almost the point that it's boring to talk about or people roll their eyes like, "Yeah, I get it. Okay, PTSD, mental health, blah blah blah." But before, these were not subjects that were talked about easily. And I love it that it's very nuanced in this show and they they don't just talk about physical health. They also um indicate the benefits of mental health. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I agree with that completely. And it's, you're right. It just, it adds such a deeper meaning to everything when you explore more than just the physical, mm -hmm. when it comes to the healing properties islands, you know, mental health, as you said, you know, we've got Libby, we've got Hurley, uh, um, you know, Charlie Boone, all these characters that you made mention to, you look at the properties of this island and it's, it makes you wonder, like, is this a place that, you know, like, is there, we know as we progress further in the series that there are chosen people, um, you know, that it's, we dive deep, more deeper into the 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42, that those numbers are actually designated to some, to certain characters that are here. And those were primarily the most important characters that were brought to this island. But you're right in in looking at all of this and thinking about it further 
Every single person that was on that plane, whether we met the character or they were written off in the beginning, was probably brought to that island on a purpose, for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And whether it's to, whether it has something to do with the island itself or the island's need for them, uh, as we know with those primary characters, you know, as to like who's going to take control of the island in the end and such, or if some of these characters, I think it's twofold. There's those characters and then there's everybody else who maybe was brought to this island kind of as a form of closure before their life moved on or ended. Mm, you know, like interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, like this is, you know, you look at Boone and Shannon. These are two characters that, you know, I've made mention of this before, Shannon in particular, you know, it may, they were needed for the island to progress further in its own plans. But in some ways, the island made sure they had closure in their own lives before they did that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. I mean, you, you know, Shannon died knowing that somebody could love her. Yes. Like the island needed Shannon, the island, Shannon was a pawn in the island's game, but the island made sure that Shannon had closure before using her as that pawn. Right. Right. And I think that can be said for a lot lot of of these characters. Yeah, there's a lot of really great, I mean, we could probably do a whole episode and maybe that's something to explore, you know, later. uh, On the healing powers of the island with each of with each character. Because yeah, it's not just physical, you know. Yeah, I think one of the other things I'd like to do too, uh, you know, to keep this podcast kind of extended a little bit too, is as and it's something we can discuss a little bit later. Now that we're actually getting close to the end of season two, uh, is before we go into season three, I want to put a poll out there on the Facebook page, and I want to let the listeners choose a character for us to do a episode on. Um, so rather like not us choose the character like, the, hey, hey, let's talk about Locke or let's talk about Jack. I want to let the listeners choose the character and then we're going to do an entire episode just on that character. Oh, that's fun. I like that idea. And it gets the it gets our listeners involved in it, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, even like the whole idea of more of the island using these characters, we've, we've made mention of that before, but the, the whole idea of the island giving them closure before using them was something I never thought about until now. Like I'm literally just thinking about that in everything that you and I have been discussing for like the past 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that adds a whole new layer to this, not just the island, but this entire series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, you know, just to throw one more out there, just because we're going to get a lot of it in the coming episodes is uh, Michael and Walt is another example that we can throw out there as well. Well, Walt's a character that is there. There's a lot left undiscovered by the end of this series about Walt. Puberty, man. (laughs) Puberty took Walt's story away. (laughs) Yeah. And it sucks, but. You know, what, what are you going to do? I, I think it's it's one of the reasons why now like producers and, and television show creators and even film creators are more careful in their casting. Um, 
you know, you look at, um, you know, look at Chandler Riggs. I was just Walking about <laughs> to say that. That's so funny. <laughs> you know, you look at a character that grew up eight years, literally grew up into a man in, in front of our eyes as we're watching. And the show did this timeline of the show didn't is not eight years. No, I lo- so- and I love the fact that it was just ignored. <laughs> like well, sometimes you have to like, do that. We're just going to ignore this. <laughs> but you know, you look at you look at the movie Shazam, which I know not everybody has seen, but there's a strong element of kids in that movie. And Zach Levi, who you know was one of the producers of the film, said at the end of the first one, like it was successful that we want to do a sequel. We're doing a sequel, and we got to get started now. Because we want to cast these kids again, and we want to make sure they're still kids. Well, look when at Stranger we make this Things. Movie. Yeah, Stranger Things is the same the same deal. I mean, they're having to to write, you know, every season with them being a little bit older, and they're no longer kids. And you know, I mean, the first season is such a, you know, kind of a kid show. I I wouldn't say you know it's a kid show, but you know the characters are young enough that it's still. The, the show still stays in kind of like the family realm. And it looks like this new season might be starting to drive out of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, going even back their to pictures Chan- are like sexy. Yeah, that's oh, my God, you're right. Which is really uh, that sounds strange. weird for me to admit. But yeah, I mean, you look at the pictures of Eleven and you're like, no, no, nope. Well, yeah, I mean, you like egos. <laughs> well, you look at her in Godzilla, like it, King of the Monsters, which Millie Bobby Brown was in, and she's full blown, full blown adult. I think she's still a teenager, but you know, she's grown up since that first season of Stranger Things. Well, yeah, but, she's you know, friends with Kim Kardashian. Oh God, now I don't like her as much. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know, comparing this, this is a pod stack of this is a podcast about Lost, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I was actually just getting back to that. Um, you know, looking at, you know, Chandler Riggs as Carl on Walking Dead and Malcolm David Kelly as Walt, the big difference between the two is as Chandler Riggs got older, he still had a little bit of a youthful look to him, even though you could tell he was older. Malcolm David Kelly, when you see him grown up and past puberty in like seasons five and six. Yeah. There is a huge difference in what he looked like as a kid to what he looked like after puberty. Like he he's a full blown adult man after puberty. There, right. there was no making him look like a child. Mm-hmm. Like he grew like two feet and like he bulked up. There was there was no way you could get around it with Malcolm David Kelly. So, but it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's it sucks that it's one of those stories that we never got, but you know we got to finish. But at at least his character was written off in a way that it was it was at least slightly a form of closure. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, and it's something I don't know if you were able to distinguish it or not. There seems to be like an overarching theme to a lot of these episodes, and I kind of noticed. One major theme for a couple different characters and then a secondary theme that kind of followed it up with some of the characters, but not all of them. Uh, the main theme, there's definitely a theme of obsession in this episode. Huh. Uh, you know, we have Locke is obsessed with getting Ben to talk to him. Jack is obsessed with meeting 
uh, you know, Edgar Friendly, Mr. Friendly in the woods and getting them, getting their attention. We have, and then we have Bernard who is obsessed with this whole SOS sign to get Rose off the island. That was, that was just such comic relief to me. Just the way that he just, he like all of a sudden just had this idea in his head and then he systematically loses everybody throughout the process. When, when he sent everybody on the half mile, half mile walk to go get the rocks and he's like, I'm going to stick back here and I'm going to start tracing the, the letters. Yeah. I'm like, you're losing everybody right now. <laughs> oh, you would, he would have lost me right then and there. I, it's just such a like lack of leadership on his part where he's like, okay, guys, go get all these super heavy rocks and I'll be here doing nothing. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it project manager. Thank you very much. It would have been something completely different. Like if, if he would have said, okay, let's go get the rocks and he came with us, I might have actually been on board with him if I was one of those people. Uh, even but, Jin, Jin, who doesn't understand a word of be- what is being said to him, just looks at me. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, not I, only that, but I mean, like he, Jin is actually one of those people that actually goes and gets the rocks and comes back and helps him to build the sign. But even when he starts building the sign, like Bernard just goes off on him because it's not what he wants. He wanted three three rows of rocks on each one. And that's when Jin's like, nope, I'm done. So it's, He's it's just screaming at everybody. I'm like, Bernard, you know, uh, oh, man, buddy. His, his intentions are good. He got kicked out of the Cub Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> that guy yeah. got kicked out of the Cub Scouts. Most likely. <laughs> but I mean, you know, on top of that whole obsession theme, there's also kind of a follow-up theme of letting go and acceptance. And we get that with two of the three of the characters that I mentioned. Um, you know, because we Rose kind of makes the explanation as to why she wants to stay on the island. And the beautiful thing about Rose and Bernard and their story is that when Rose tells Bernard that he doesn't need any further explanation. Like he loves her so much that when she says this island helps me, I don't want to leave. He's just like, then we're not leaving. There's no argument with Bernard when it comes to Rose. Yeah, and- that. Oh. Sorry, I'm like tearing up just thinking about it because that was a really good moment. <laughs> it was. And, and I love the follow up. Like, I'd say I'd take down my sign, but we didn't get very far. We didn't get very far. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, that is such a, it's such a beautiful thing that like, he's so obsessed with building this sign to get her off the island. But all it takes is her saying, I don't want to leave. He doesn't turn around and be like, but, but. He's like, okay, then we're not leaving. Like that, mm-hmm. it's that's all you had to say. And from then on, like we see a little bit of a separation between Rose and Bernard because of this. But once that's clear at the end, these two characters are just. There's never a down a down. There's never another down moment in their story. Well, I think they get separated again, but I'm not quite sure. For I don't think it's for very long. So I think it's not until the end of season three, too, on the beach, mm-hmm. the dynamite on the beach. Um, yeah. But, but you know, on top of the, the whole obsession with letting go, by the end of this episode, we also see another huge letting go moment in that Locke doesn't consider the hatch his anymore. He doesn't really care. 
um, you know, it's not my button. And I think that's because this is more the influence of Ben that he goes through this. But who's you know, just we, relishing in his victory. God, like he he has John under his thumb. Like he's John is a pawn to Ben now. So easy to manipulate that yeah. that John Locke. But you know, but we see in the beginning of this episode John trying to draw what he remembers of the map and he is struggling with it. And when he finally lets go of everything, like when he he kind of has that inclination now that, you know, when Ben told him I didn't push the button, I think it's starting to get in his head that the button is not as important as it as I made it out to be. It's not my button anymore. And when he's able to let that go, he starts remembering what he saw. Well, and he starts it drawing was Rose. Rose Rose helped him. Yes. Yo, for sure. He went he went to the, he went to the camp mom. Yes. You know, so it's, but the, and then of course, of the three people that I mentioned, the one person who doesn't, isn't able to let go is Jack, Mm. you know, because we get that moment with Kate saying like, okay, we're going to rest up. And then what are we going to do now? And Jack's like, I want to make out (laughs) in so many ways. Anna Lucia is gone. Anna Lucia is not here. I guess you'll do whatever. (laughs) But he says to Kate, he's like, you know, I'm going to keep yelling again when I get my voice back. Like, he's not giving up on this. Uh, mm-hmm. I know. I know how you feel about Jack. You know, he's fine. He's fine. It's just the whole, you know, Kate's like, oh, I'm a really good shot. And then he's like, let me show you how it's done. And then he makes it. I'm like, fuck that. It's fucking doctor who all of a sudden is a, you know, John Dory shot out there. Okay. It's for you. Yeah. Fear the it, walking dead fans. <laughs> yeah. Which I need to catch up on. But anyway, I digress. Um, John Dory is a really good shot. Oh, and he's an amazing character as well. He's probably my favorite character on that series. Anyway. No, if he dies, I'll never watch it again. I'm probably the same way. Like he's, yeah. He to a me lot is, is writing on that character. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a fantastic actor too. Like it's just I I love that that actor that plays him. Um, Garrett Dillahunt. Yes, Garrett is is amazing. I've loved him. Like I know we're getting off topic again, but do you ever see a TV show called Raising Hope? Yes, he was great in that. He was fantastic in Raising Hope. He was yeah. the dad in, in in Raising Hope. Well, the, the yeah. gra- actually grandfather technically in he Raising was. Hope, which was great. <laughs> From the creators uh, of My Name is Earl, Raising Hope. Yeah, that's a good show, too. They had crossovers. They had a couple characters come over from My oh, Name right. is Earl. Anyway, anyway. Um, Get, back. What, what, Get back on the tracks here, buddy. What's, what's something else? Uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about when it comes to this episode? I I do. You know, there was a really good line in here uh, with Echo where he told um, where when Bernard needed bodies and he's like, hey, man, remember all that time that we spend on the other uh, side of the island and blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I really need you now. And uh, he said, I'm trying to save us. And uh, Echo says people are saved in different ways, brother. So. I love that because I think that it's a direct reflection to kind of the theme of what we've been talking about this whole time. And Echo is another really good example of of how the island can heal a spirit. Um, but, 
he hits the nail on the head. People are saved in different ways. And I think that it was uh, kind of a little foreshadowing for, for Bernard and, you know, Bernard's realization that if Rose is indeed saved on this island, um, you know, this is a different way that Bernard has saved her. I mean, they went to Australia and without that trip to Australia, they never would have ended up on the island and she probably never would have been cured. Uh, which is remarkable. So, you know, that that's something that he can kind of hang his hat on. And I, I just loved that Echo gave him that little that little nugget. That was my favorite line of the episode. Yeah. Followed by the I liked you better when you just hit people with your stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was it's just awesome. a great follow up. Was just a great follow up line. To, I like uh, it that, that Charlie has Charlie has attached himself to Echo too. He's like, yeah, this is what I'm doing now. I can't well, I, go be a surrogate dad. Can't do any heroin. Hey, man, what are you doing? Building a church? Great, let's do it. Well, <laughs> I think that kind of feeds in a little bit to the to Echo's line of everybody saved in a different way. Is because over the you know the course of this season, Charlie has done some pretty heinous things. You know from being the person to kidnap son to, you know, the, the moments that he had with Charlie and Aaron and, you know, even helping Sawyer get the guns and being part of that whole thing. I, I think helping Echo build the church is kind of Charlie maybe trying to save himself in his own way. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, he's still he's still in in in, in the fuck up column for me oh, yeah. for a while. Sorry, buddy. I, you're just going to have to sit there and time out for a little bit. Go build the church. Well, I don't think it's until he starts interacting with Desmond next season that we start to see a turn in Charlie. Oh, yay. Desmond is coming back in a few I, episodes. That is really exciting. Desmond is such a fantastic character, and I can't wait until we start diving deeper into his character. You need to see uh, that actor. It's Henry. Henry Ian. Ian. Cusack. Um, yes. I yeah. kept wanting to say Thomas, and I knew that was wrong. Oh. I knew that that was No, that's Henry Elliot. Rowan Gardner. Yeah. Oh, no, that's um, Elliot from E.T. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he's really good. Henry Ian Cusack. Cusack. Cus- whatever. What, Desmond. <laughs> Desmond is really good on the 100. Oh, okay, yeah, I've never, that's a show I've never watched. Yeah, that's a good show. I think that you would like it. I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah, but I, I really like that line. I did like the follow up. I didn't write it down, but now, but when you mentioned it, yeah, <laughs> I that was that was a really good follow up. Um, and then the little montage at the end with uh, Jin and Son, Hurley and Libby, Sawyer and Vincent, and Charlie and Echo. It just um, it's nice to see all these people just kind of pairing up. Uh organically and inorganically, right? Uh, the people that came paired up and then the people that have just kind of paired up out of uh, just being there. And it, it's just always such a nice moment when you see kind of like the day-to-day at the end of these episodes of, you know, Hurley and his headphones. It's, it's yeah, oh God, yeah. Those were always great moments. I wish those batteries lasted forever in that I walk, know, man. it was, <laughs> it was. And, you know, there has to be batteries in the hatch, right? Like has to be. Does there? Because it seems like everything runs on power. So I don't I don't know. I would think there would have to be, but I mean, maybe not. I feel A's. like somebody could find Hurley a Walkman. I feel like that 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 that's something that can be done. 
I mean, they could make a request and just have them come down with the food, you know, if that was possible. He's like, I'll trade you <laughs> one gallon of ranch dressing that I've only dipped, you know, half a dozen things into for some batteries. <laughs> I, I I would trade the box of Dharma Mars um, instead of Malamars, which I thought was just an interesting little play on words with the, the <laughs> box that Rose was trying to give early in the beginning. Um but yeah, the montages are always great. But like I said, they're always that. Anytime you see them, you know that's the writers with a handful of shit drawing it back, getting ready to toss it. And then putting it in their slingshot. <laughs> putting it in their slingshot, exactly. And then when Michael falls out of the woods, letting go towards the fan because <laughs> it's getting ready to happen. Get that image in your head as you're watching the series. Um, it is in my head right now. It's in my head. <laughs> because out of those things that we see, you know, Jin and Son, Hurley and Libby, Rose and Bernard, one of them is about to come to a tragic end. Ugh. And we're getting that. And of course it happens to that character, right? Like as if he hasn't been through enough, we're going to put him through this. Well, you know, it's okay. He's got $156 million to keep him warm. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, but that's all I have. What about you? Well, one of the other things that I wanted to like, there's very few lines from Ben this episode, but when he says to Jack, they'll never give you Walt, like that kind of drives Jack's obsession to wanting to like, he he doesn't want to let Ben win at that point. Like he's obsessed to make to to make this deal of trading people. Not only does he want Ben out of there, but he wants to get Walt back and he's obsessed with making this deal happen, even though it's not going to happen. Well, it's going to happen, but in a different way. Yeah, uh, not the way Jack thinks it's going no, to happen. No, exactly. And it's going to be more tragic. Um, I love the fact that this is the beginning of the whole trapped in a net euphemism that we get that becomes a running <laughs> theme. Yeah, I got tra- I got caught in a net. <laughs> yep. Because yeah, <laughs> it's just because we get, you know, I think Sawyer uses it a little bit later when it comes to Anna Lucia and Jack. Uh, you know, I think they're trapped in a net using it as a euphemism for sex, but it's uh, that's not what it meant for Kate and Jack. They were Until literally Sawyer trapped in a realizes net. that that really means caught in a net. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is fantastic. Um, the only thing I have left of my notes is actually that Jack Sawyer and Kate interaction i mean it it starts of course with another great sawyer line with oh happy day here comes dr giggles um (laughs) (laughs) it's just a fantastic line from sawyer but you know we see that moment when jack is approaching the two of them as as approaching kate and sawyer and he's coming for kate like he wants kate's help and it's a great moment because Sawyer's like, oh, you, you know, you're coming to me for help. And he's like, well, actually, I came for Kate. And when he says he has a gun and Sawyer's like, how the hell did you get a gun? And, you know, and Jack's response is literally a slap in the face to Sawyer, as in like, you, sir, do not have as much power as you think you have. Which, you know, I think is wonderful. I do, too. He did that. Yeah, I mean, I love Sawyer a lot more than I like Jack, but man, I wish somebody would just, you know, hulk out on on Sawyer again. Hurley, I need you to hulk out one more time. In in one moment, it literally 
took away his power in one word. Yeah, in, which in is a, good. And I, and it's one of the reasons why I kind of love going back to that montage at the end too, because we do see Sawyer um, and um, and uh, oh god, the dog's name, um, Vincent. 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 We Vincent. see we see Sawyer and Vincent in that montage too, and it actually is a nice, beautiful moment because. In one moment in the beginning of the episode, we see Sawyer's power taking away, taken away. And at the, at the montage at the end, it's Vincent with Sawyer. And we see Sawyer kind of give in and start petting Vincent. And it's kind of like in, in that one particular moment in that montage, we see that Sawyer's been taken down a peg, but he's kind of okay with it. It almost seems like it's a little bit of a relief. Oh, Yeah. I, you know, poor Sawyer. <laughs> he's another character that, you know, you look at character arcs from beginning of end of series that he, he's another character that just comes so far and in, yeah. in a great way. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he's a character that you could probably, I could see many people kind of hating or loving to hate in the beginning. And then by the end of or this. Or just loving. Well, I, by the end he's one of those characters that you just absolutely adore. Like he's, yeah, he's, there's so much redemption in his character that comes to pass. And it's just, it's fantastic. Well, and he finds his true love, he which does. mellows him out. Yes. So. Very, very much. So, uh, yeah. that to the point where, you know, when certain events happen later on the in the incident. season, yeah, you, you literally, you legitimately feel for him. There are a few really tragic moments in this show. There are a lot of tragic moments in this show. I can think of three that make me tear up just to think about them, and that's one of them. Um, I can tell you right now, um, one of the hardest moments, and uh, you will probably hear audible sobbing from me as we're recording. We, we, no, we can say it at the same time. Okay. Because I think it'll be the, I, I think I know what you're talking it's, about. It's three words. Not, not Penny's, Penny's boat. boat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you, I'm telling you, and I'm warning our listeners right now, when we are talking, God, I'm getting like kind of choked up already. Uh, when we talk about that episode next season, you will probably hear audible sniffling and sobbing as we're talking about it. Because that um, moment broke me. Yeah, it broke a lot of series. people. Mm -hmm. It broke a lot of people. It was sad. Yeah. Because that was a character that I love and like that. Yeah, that broke me. So it will probably break me again as we're talking about it when we get to that <laughs> episode. Uh, but that's really everything I have uh, on my end. So and I know you're pretty clear on everything is yours too on yep, your end I'm as good. well. Uh, so then that simply leaves uh, listener feedback in which we actually have a couple. We have a voicemail from our buddy Steve, as we usually do. Uh, we have a email from our friend Des, and I think our friend Gemma actually left this feedback on the Facebook page as well. Nice. So um, what do we want to start with? Because we can start with the voicemail. We can start with uh, the Facebook feedback, or we can start with the email. I'll leave it up to you. Uh, Facebook. Okay. Do you, I don't know if you have it up and if you want to read it, if not, I can read it. I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we encourage everybody to leave us feedback in Facebook yeah, feedback in, um, 
a number of different ways. And I guess we can kind of get that out of the way now and tell people how to do that. Sure. Uh, first and foremost, like we mentioned, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com. And if you want to leave a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address. Yay. Yay. Uh, so if you have that up, why don't you give us that feedback from Gemma? So Gemma Hall says, as many times as I've watched this show, I still forget stuff. So I totally forgot Rose knew Locke had been in a wheelchair and that's how she knew the island was special and she was cured. Mind blown. I do love Rose and Bernard. I remember initially being surprised that they were such a new couple as their bond seemed so strong. It seemed like a long marriage to me. So it always made a lot of sense to me that Bernard would do an SOS sign and I didn't get why no one else seemed bothered. (laughs) Well, no one else. Yeah, see bothered. At least he's doing something. I watched Castaway this week with Tom Hanks and I was thinking if Tom had landed on this island, he would have been fine. Mostly. The B story of Jack and Kate getting caught in a net was good too. Even though Jack is still a dick and shouts in the rain like a madman. <laughs> Kate does have a good way of calling him out on his shit though. Poor Sawyer. The look he gives watching the two of them walk away. I adore him even when he's being mean to Bernard. Look forward to the podcast. <laughs> you know, that just made me realize something too. And thanks for the, the feedback, Gemma. Um, it's been an overarching theme of this episode, and I can't believe I didn't make a note of it, is that anytime something dramatic happens, it's always fucking raining. Michael yeah, comes out true. of the woods at the end, and it's pouring rain. Like that's like I that's something that I never picked up on the first couple times watching it, and now that we start are analyzing these episodes, I notice it more and more now, and I can't believe I didn't make a note of it until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Michael comes out in the rain. Fucking Michael. <laughs> His story is far from over. Fucking Michael. I know. Uh, I'll take, um, Des, uh, Des, uh, yeah, Des, I was gonna say Desmond, but it's just Des. Um, uh, the email from our buddy Des Combs, he says, Hey guys, first off, I do like this episode, but I would have been very upset if it had been one of, uh, if it w- had been in one of the shorter seasons at the end of the series. As much as I like Rose and Bernard Hallmark channel rom-com, this episode does very little to, He says love the season forward. Maybe he meant move the season forward. Uh, Jack and Kate go in the jungle and find Michael and Ben realizes John is under his thumb. That's it. Five minutes of plot advancement. Now with that off my chest, the good stuff. We do get a story that is all about faith and hope. Rose is actually a little flip floppy about hope. It turns out for most of this episode, she clearly has no room for false hope. She tells Bernard that she is going to die. On the island, she chastises him for his plan because it's giving people false hope. This really comes off as who she is, but from the time the plane crashed until they were reunited, she would never admit that Bernard could possibly be dead. Later in the episode, she is the one who gives John hope and restores his faith that there is something important about the island and his place on it. Bernard always has to fix the situation. In the flashback, he would have never stopped trying had Rose not told him that she was healed. On the same uh, same on the island. He would have gone back to dragging rocks to the beach if she hadn't basically told him that the island was keeping her alive. Points go to Jack for self-awareness. Never that good at bedside manner anyway. Yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. And we finally get Kate and Jack 
to confront each other about secrets. Although, come on, Jack, never tell her that she was your second choice after Saeed or that you were bringing her because they don't want her. Michael returns from the jungle. Sigh. Jack is the worst. Uh, Michael returns from the jungle, didn't actually miss him, and this had to be right after seeing Libby and Hurley so happy on the beach. Damn it. Talk to you guys later. I love Des so much. <laughs> you know what? He is, he's been a really consistent contributor for Handmaid's Tale this season, and I love having a male perspective that uh, on that uh, podcast with the feedback because it's mainly female listeners. Um, and it, it's just, I have just really grown to treasure and value everything that he gives us in both of the, uh, both, both podcasts. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I love it anytime. I mean, it's, it, we were initially having issues, whatever voice recorder he was using was causing issues sometimes i couldn't use his voicemails and other times like i had to rip it and it ripped the audio from different sources uh and even though we're not able to use his audio recordings i'm still happy that he still leaves us emails he's still leaving us feedback in other ways that we're getting to use which is fantastic yeah so, i love so, him yeah so thank you for that des that's uh even that's when he's banging his head against the steering wheel and shouting <laughs> at us and telling us that we're wrong on many different fronts i still love you buddy I'm actually glad that he tells us he thinks we're wrong because that means he, that he did it in our review. He goes, even though they completely get it wrong, they're still fun to listen to. Yeah, which is great. And that's something else. Obviously, we encourage our listeners to do too. Is if you listen to us, if you listen to us on iTunes, uh, please go and leave us a review on iTunes as well. Leave us a review on Facebook. We love reading them. Uh, you know, and oftentimes if we get them, we'll share them. Uh, you know, on the podcast as well. Uh, but that leaves us with one more piece of feedback, and that comes from our buddy Steve Brown. And as always, he leaves us great voicemails. So let's go ahead and we'll play that now. Hello, Ben and Kristen. It's Steve, and this is for SOS. Uh, absolutely love the Rose and Bernard love story. I, I had forgotten some of the details of their love story. I, I remember like this part of it, but it, uh, it's really great. Uh, a, a really, really great love story. And Bernard did have kind of a point there about everybody's kind of stopped trying to get rescued and just have kind of resigned themselves to living on the island. You would think there would have been more people kind of looking for a way out, I think. So I think, I think he has a point there. But uh, absolutely love the, the reveal of Rose knowing John's secret. I don't think anyone else on the island knows that John was paralyzed. She's the only one. I don't know if they ever actually have a conversation or maybe do you think they had a conversation there on the beach where she revealed to him her terminal disease that she believes is gone and that he that she knows that he was in a wheelchair and now can walk. But just thought that was good. I guess God kind of got Bernard's attention there. And of course, we know at the end of the series that Bernard and Rose are still on the island. And uh, I just love that uh, line uh, where he says, we won't leave ever. Gosh, uh, just a great, that end montage with Otis Redding uh, playing and uh, 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 all the different couples. And we get to see uh, some Libby and Hurley uh, goodness. That was, that was really fun seeing him making the shadow puppets and, and her laughing and, uh, seeing uh, uh, Sun and Kim, uh, Sun and Jin 
together there at the end. And uh, just just really a, a nice episode. And, of course, we get uh, Michael returning at the end, and that's going to set up uh, going us full board into the rest of the season. Uh, talk to you later. Thanks, Steve. Um, Thanks, Steve. Yeah, you know, it's that's an interesting point. I don't think anybody other than Bernard on the island knows about Rose. No, I I would agree with that. Yeah, I well, think uh, it's you know Rose Rose doesn't give out her business just as much as she doesn't ask for anybody else's business. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's just, uh, yeah, I never thought about that. She knows about other people, but I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anybody but Bernard knows about her, and that's probably better. Um, mm-hmm. as as far as knowing that Locke was in a wheelchair, there have been, I think, one or two other people who know. I know um, Boone did know. Uh, he doesn't anymore. But mm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's a bad way to put it. Um, it well, it's true. Not false. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rose is the only person that knows now. Uh, but yeah, I know Boone knew at one point, and I think that's because Locke told him. But other mm. than that, yeah, I don't think anybody other than Rose at this at this current moment knows that he was in a wheelchair. Right. So, And I actually don't think anybody else ever finds out. I, I think maybe Locke or maybe Ben knows. Um, but that's well, only Ben because, knows everything. And that's yeah, that's what I was going to say. Ben kind of knows everything like he knows about these characters. Even sometimes he knows more about some of these characters than they do themselves. Right. So, God, I can't wait till we start talking about him next season when we dive deeper into that <laughs> character next season. Ugh. because we, we, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody, uh, you know, Gemma, Des and Steve for, for your feedback. And we encourage again, everybody to leave feedback as we go forward, uh, especially now, because we're going to start getting into some, as Steve said, full Fun board. Stuff. Yeah. God, the rest of the season into next season is going to be fantastic. Next season still has one of those episodes that I put out there more, more times than one that the one episode that pissed me off more than anything else. And it's the whole damn it, Kate run episode. Oh, her moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we'll, uh, we'll go into why that moment pissed me off when we get there. Um, yeah. But any final notes before we um, we move forward and, and start to no, wrap things up? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, as always, we encourage you to check out some of the other great podcasts that both Kristen and I do, uh, prospectively. I know you have uh, House Podcastica, which is right now, as you mentioned a little earlier, with Des leaving voicemail for you there, you guys are talking about Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale is a uh, new episode actually came out today as we're recording this. It's Wednesday. Um, so I am looking forward to watching that later later today tonight um the season is amazing so it's been fun to podcast on so far how many episodes in a season this season has 13 is it the same for seasons one and two as well i think the first season had 10 episodes and the second one had 12 or 13 and this is just the third season 
Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I know like I've I've heard it from you and I've heard it from a number of other people that it's a show I should check out. Um, but I'm also keeping uh, I, I'm also being a little reserved about it because I've heard from you a number of times uh, that if I'm going to watch it, I should space it out and watch stuff to kind of cleanse my palate in between. Yeah, like, I think I, it I think it will absolutely break your soul if you were to binge it. I binged it. I been, I would binge it like two or three episodes at a time. And it got so bad, I had to take about a six-month break. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I know – like you've told me more more specifically than anybody else to like watch episodes of like a sitcom or something in between. Uh, One episode of Handmaid's Tale to two episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Or that Big Bang Theory. The, or yeah, or good or a uh, new girl or good place or friends or parks and recreation, <laughs> whatever strikes your boat, just make it nice. <laughs> <laughs> Something to add a little levity to levity to the yeah. situation. Don't, 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 you know, shotgun handmaid's tale with Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Which I heard is another fantastic series. Yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna hopefully uh watch it this week. I like I'm hearing from like I think I've read articles saying like it's HBO's highest rated series ever. That's insane. That just can't even be the truth. Have they not heard of Game of Thrones? Not only Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones, The Sopranos and Entourage. Like they were highly rated series on HBO. Yeah, um, I, I don't that just maybe it's for miniseries. I'm not maybe. sure, but yeah. Yeah, but dude, I'm so far behind on so many things I need to watch. I still need to watch Good Omens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I need Good to- Good Girl or New Girl. New Girl, uh, Man with a Plan. New uh, Girl. You, you say, I said New Girl. Mm-hmm, New I, Girl. I know, I know. <laughs> You're just going to keep saying it. Yeah, I But am. luckily we're in the summer, so now's the time to, you know, to watch, uh, to, to knock out a bunch of those shows. Uh, I have yeah, to ask- New Girl. I have to ask you real quick, have you been watching Graham Norton? recently no i haven't you, you need to because the past couple episodes I know. with the exception of this past week i know we're again we're getting off topic but i actually like it how at the end we talk about different stuff that we like because this kind of- whole episode has been <laughs> off topic <laughs> but i just I, title it off topic <laughs> i'm very interested in knowing your opinion of this past week's episode of graham norton because madonna was a guest and she just oh. kind of annoyed the piss out of me the whole time well, she, there's, yeah, okay. So. I but, can see that. Yeah, she just kind of annoyed. Like, and it's, that's saying a lot for Graham Norton because I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Graham Norton or clips of Graham Norton where things have annoyed me. And Madonna just annoyed the hell out of me. Like, you could tell she didn't get Graham's sense of humor. Like, and she was just awkward. That's so weird because I think that she thinks that she's British, right? She does. Yeah. Uh, you would think that they she had that dry humor uh, down. And yeah, she doesn't. Like you could just tell she just didn't get it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, anyway, I digress. Uh, but I think that wraps it up for this episode of the podcast. Next, awesome. Next episode of the podcast. Uh, season two, episode 22 for the road. And there's going to be a lot that happens that we're going to have to break down next week. One for the money, two for the road, three to get ready. Up, go, catch, go. Is it two for the show in that song? Well, you in this case, it. we're doing two for the road. I know. Great. Another song I'm going to have stuck in my head. 
Step on my blue switch. S O N. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. So cool, man. with that being said, uh, enjoy the rest of your week. And until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye-bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>